This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 4th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. In the last six months of the Trump administration, the federal government executed 13 people under the federal death penalty, and that killing concluded just days before President Biden was sworn in. Anna Cox is the national manager for conservatives concerned about the death penalty. We spoke last month. In general, where do conservatives, that is to say, as distinguished from libertarians, where do conservatives stand on the death penalty broadly? Yeah, well, broadly, we're seeing a real decline among conservatives. Um, they still support it in larger numbers than libertarians or Democrats do. But as a whole, we've been seeing a downward trajectory for about the past two decades. Um, and to the point where, you know, every year we now have 10 or 11 states that have Republican sponsored bills to repeal the death penalty. And in every state where we've been successful, We've had significant Republican support to do so. It really, you would not see the movement away from the death penalty without conservatives in this picture. Um, and so while they still support it, I think a little, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, something like 50, 55% maybe, um, they, they also are moving away. It used to be in the 80s, 90 percentile, and, and that's just not lo- any longer the case. Uh, if it weren't so uh, tragic, uh, and I would say craven, Um, the Trump administration's mad dash to undertake all of these uh, executions right before leaving office would would almost be funny. Uh, The the lengths that they appear to have gone to to uh, kill these people, uh, by all accounts, not good people. But when you talk to conservatives about the death penalty now, what do you hear? You know, what's been really odd about, there's been a lot of odd things about the Trump administration's kind of rush to kill so many people. And just so listeners know, they have killed more people in the past year than all the past 65 years worth of presidents combined. And so it has definitely been a killing spree. It's something that hadn't happened at the federal level for 17 years until last year. But what's interesting about it is that people don't really seem to be paying attention to it largely. Um, They don't really seem to either be aware that they're doing it or really have strong opinions around it. And I think what's been happening for many years is that while there's been sort of a hiatus at the federal level on the death penalty, there's been a lot of movement in the states. And and that's mostly where people on death row are housed is in state populations. And that's where most of the repeal efforts have been focused. um, And that's where most of the Republican advocacy has taken place. And so um, I think that they continue to be really engaged with getting rid of it at the state level. And and they're largely just not paying attention to, to what's happening federally. If they are, they're usually kind of a little shocked to find out just how many executions they've been carrying out. Um, I've seen a lot of pushback. You know, the people they've been killing, as you mentioned, there's very terrible crimes attached to to these cases, but also... Uh, Just about every single person they've executed has had pretty significant issues mentally, um, either severe mental illness, they've had intellectual disabilities, or they've had really severe trauma and abuse in their backgrounds, especially um, the woman that they killed last week. Her case file was especially hard to reach or to read. She had been a a victim of sex trafficking herself, um, had been sold by her mother and her stepfather many times over for um, sexual favors and and just had a very horrible background. And it was very easy to kind of see um, where her psyche probably broke along the way. And so I think that has has gotten um, a good bit of attention and people are just pretty frustrated and confused as to why we're doing this. Yeah, Lisa Montgomery, I believe. How many states have the death penalty right now? 
So we're down to only 25 states that have it. 22 have repealed it legislatively, and then three others have moratoriums in place, either by their Supreme Courts or their executive branches. Um, And then of those 25 that do still have it in some capacity, over a third of them have not carried out an execution in a decade or more. So we're really down to 10 states or so that are carrying out executions still. So there may not be a rush for a lot of these states that have not carried out executions uh, recently, because those tend to be headline grabbing events. Uh, they're at least uh, very notable when when states in, engage in executions. But f- for the states that haven't engaged in uh, killing people um, recently, I guess, why haven't they uh, gone ahead and gotten rid of it? Well, just to push back a little bit, there actually has been a big push for states that don't use it regularly to get rid of it. We've seen a lot of movement in places like Wyoming, um, Colorado, New Hampshire. All of those people have had far less than five people on death row and, and have only had one execution, if that, since reinstatement. And yet these are states that are really championing getting rid of it. And that's because even if you don't carry out executions, the cost of having the death penalty on your books is so expensive. It wastes so much money. It's the most expensive part of the justice system. Um, that's not because of the length that it takes to carry out executions. That's because of the trial phase alone. And so a lot of them are are moving to get rid of it so that they can redirect those costs um, to actually preventing crime in the first place, which we know the death penalty does not do, and to solving more crimes. Um, but for, for those states that um, have it and are not pushing to get rid of it and just aren't carrying out executions, there's a number of reasons. I think first and foremost, appetite for it has just fallen. You know, once once states got life in prison without parole statutes, which was in the 90s, largely in, in 2000, we saw juries really start to move away from the death penalty, even when they did pursue it. Um, they often more times than not say no. And so we've seen new sentences themselves decrease 60%. Um, most of the people on death row are there for very old crimes. We're, we're seeing a really aging population. So there's something I think that makes people feel a bit gross about executing somebody who's 70, 80 years old, you know, is this person really a threat that we need to do this? Um, there's also, of course, been issues with the with the method. You know, drug companies do not want their products used in this, in this way. Most of these um, products were developed to help people. It's something that violates their conscience, violates um, their freedom of association. And so they've put pretty stiff uh, restrictions in their contracts that states are not allowed to use their drugs in this manner. That has forced a few states to look at bringing back antiquated methods like the electric chair or firing squads. We've only seen one state actually carry that out, which is Tennessee, and and the public backlash to that has been pretty significant. So I don't think it's something most states are going to do. And again, I think it's just realizing among leadership that this isn't something that works, right? It wastes a lot of money. You risk killing innocent people. It's very, very expensive. It's money that you're not spending on things that actually could work. And so I think the appetite for it has just collapsed. What's the best source of data on the costs of uh, having the death penalty on the books? Well, the best source of data when we can get it is a comprehensive cost study done by the state. You won't see a lot of them do it because they never come out looking very favorable for that state. Um, But North Carolina has a very good cost study. There's been good cost studies done around California and Florida. Um, And so you can start to get a picture kind of based on what their populations and demographics look like and compare that to other states of similar sizes and um, usage of the death penalty to get some idea. I like to go to the Death Penalty Information Center, which is a nonpartisan um, research center around capital punishment. They actually don't take a position on the death penalty, but they do produce a good bit of research and data, and they keep a good listing of all the cost studies that have been produced. What's the relationship between conservative opponents of the death penalty and the broader uh, anti-abortion pro-life movement? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of synergy there. You know, we find that so many conservatives who have turned against the death penalty do so for that reason. They really have struggled with um, that kind of hypocrisy or that sort of break in the logic of the pro-life movement. They, they genuinely believe that human life has value, that's not won or lost. It, it's it's inherent and that it needs to be protected at all times and it needs to be protected consistently to really have a, con- a cohesive, um, strong argument uh, across the board. And so we, we see many of the Republican conservative champions that come out and, and work on this issue do so from that from that background. Um, and there are there are many other reasons as well that people start to oppose it on the right. But I think that has driven um, a great deal of it. Uh, so I think believe Antonin Scalia, uh, at least uh, maybe this is an apocryphal story, had a stamp on his desk that said constitutional but stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can I can think of uh, not a whole lot of other things that uh, quite rivals the death penalty that fits into that category. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, um, for so many decades, so much of this movement was driven by the left. And, and you know, I get to work with people on the left on this issue, and, and I really enjoy that that part of my job. But I will say that a lot of the strategy, especially around the litigation, has been trying to say it's unconstitutional. And I don't I don't think that you need to show it's unconstitutional, to be frank. I think we need to show that it doesn't work, that it's broken in practice, and it's something we should move away from. And when, and when you approach it under, under that lens, all of the data and, and research and, and arguments are, are on our side. Um, and, and in fact, you know, even when the death penalty was briefly ruled unconstitutional in the 1970s by the U.S. Supreme Court, it, it was found to be a violation of the Eighth Amendment's ban against it's cruel and unusual punishment, not because it was cruel, but because of the, the way it was applied. It was so random in practice that they wrote it was as random as being struck by lightning. Um, and so because it was so arbitrary, they did ban it. States then came in and added all of these mitigating and aggravating factors that were supposed to ensure that it was no longer racially biased, it was no longer arbitrary, and that it was truly just the worst of the worst, whatever that means that we were that we were getting um, in the system. And, and we have you know four or five decades worth of data now to see how that's worked, and we see it actually operates in the exact same manner. the the mon- The number one determining factor for who gets the death penalty is the county where the crime is committed, and that's because only two percent of counties bring the majority of these cases, and so it's still very arbitrarily. Applied, I think you could find that it's unconstitutional in that way. In fact, Washington has a um, Supreme Court, state Supreme Court moratorium um, that they uh, have had for about two years. And that and that's why their state Supreme Court found that it was racially biased and arbitrary in how it was applied. Yeah. If we understand like the relationship between state and the state constitutions and the federal constitutions, are there states that have prohibited as a matter of uh, the state constitution, the death penalty? No, not based on a matter of the state constitution that I'm aware of, but based on, again, the application of how it's of how it's operating um, and that violating their constitution. What's the best argument? I mean, if, if you're talking to a conservative who who believes that uh, law and order, um, we should throw the book at uh, criminals who uh, engage in egregious, uh, unconscionable crimes. What's the best argument for those people against the death penalty? Well, there's so many bad arguments. I think there are so many good arguments, so many bad, so much bad data, rather, that I think there's kind of something there for everybody. For me, the number one issue that really got my attention and made me start moving away from supporting the death penalty were the innocence issues. And I think everybody knows there's there's some innocence issues in our system. I don't think the average American has any idea um, how vast the number is and and how hard it is to work those um, out of the system, how much the system works to entrench itself, to protect its case, to block new um, testing of evidence, to 
to block new you know witnesses, um, and and also just the amount that we've seen in the death penalty system, which for the record is is one person exonerated for every nine executions and counting. We discover more every year. When I first started this job, it was one person exonerated for every ten. Now it's one for every nine. I'm sure in a few more years will be one for every eight. Um, there's just a vast amount of wrongful convictions in the system, and and when you really get to understand how it functions, it makes a lot of sense that there's so many wrongful convictions in the system because it predominantly targets poor people. It predominantly targets um, people of color and it predominantly targets people who have some kind of, of mental issue that prevents them from really being able to assist in their own defense. That, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I'm imagining a, a DMV combined with the Postal Service and then say, <laughs> now, apply, now apply those the error rates involved in various state and federal bureaucracies and apply that to the justice system and tell me whether you think this is a good idea. That's exactly right. Anna Cox is with Conservatives Concerned About the Death Penalty. We spoke last month. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>